Listening to State of the Arts, a show about the arts, theater, and creatives in and around the Philippines. Located in the upcoming Circuit Performing Arts Theater in Circuit Makati, Makati's culture and entertainment district where something amazing is always on. On each episode, we invite industry leaders, arts practitioners, and audience members to talk about current events that shape and further the arts in the country. My name is Christopher. Together, let's talk art. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of State of the Arts. I hope you're well and staying safe. With me today is one of the more prolific and successful artists, sculptors we have in the country. His works fills public spaces and can be seen lending a clever and innovative alternative to an otherwise bland and dreary structure among the busy urban landscape in the metro region. Additionally, he has been an advocate for expanding the language and evolutionary dynamic of Philippine contemporary art, of which he was recognized by the Cultural Center of the Philippines with a 13 Artists Award. He has achieved a considerable stature in the Philippines from his commission arts project and has consistently held group and solo exhibitions here and abroad. With a passion for sustainable development, he infuses his art with an organic and relatable aesthetic, making his masterpieces a standout impossible to ignore, and truly one of a kind. Please join me in welcoming the very talented and very humble Reggie Yusa. Welcome to the show, Reggie. Uh, hi, Christopher. Thank you for the kind words. Um, yeah. Of course. How have you been doing? Uh, uh, well, I, I've been busy with social distancing mainly <laughs> and yeah. uh, pursuing some personal projects that have been shelved for years. I'm uh, I'm working on my small farm, and uh, I'm also in, in integrating a sculpture garden inside the farm. Uh, this is outside of Metro Manila. Um, nice. Yeah, I, I've also been busy developing ideas and making notes on sustainable living to adapt to our ever-changing times as we look ahead. Great. Well, well, I just wanted to say, uh, again, I really appreciate you joining me today. I know, as you had said, you've been busy and uh, you've been stationed or you've been holed up in Cavite, right? Is that right? right? Yes. Yeah. Uh, Upland, Cavite and Alfonso. I see. Um, I'm very excited for our listeners to learn about you and your work. Why don't we start by briefly letting them know how you got in the profession you're currently in? Oh, okay. I'm a uh, I'm a visual artist who does mainly sculpture and built environments, and I, I have been a, a student of my profession for over 20 years. Um, it started out uh, as being blessed with having a, an innate skill to articulate my thoughts and ideas through drawings, and uh, I've been drawing ever since, as far as I can remember. Uh, but I've never been conscious about being an artist and what artists do as a profession because we were never really particularly exposed to the field of arts when I was growing up. Um, I, I guess the profession uh, was below the radar at the time. And if you okay. tell your parents that you're, you want to be an artist, it, it was like, oh, no, we're going to support him for the rest of his life, you know, something like that. So, uh right. The, the interest came naturally to me as I got exposed. And so I had to 
have the, the conviction to pursue this passion uh, despite the concerns at the time. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So has it always been the visual arts that interests you or did you dabble in other forms or mediums? Um, my first love is actually the automobile. I, I love automobiles, you know. I, I wanted to become a car designer. But uh, we do not have such a course in college here in the Philippines, even up to now. Um, my next love, I think, is architecture. But the technical aspects of architecture wasn't for me. I mean, I, I have a feel for math and its applications, but, but I actually hate math. So, so it's something like that. Yeah. I, I, I see. Mm -hmm. Well, did you go to school specifically for visual arts then? Um, I, I took up summer classes, uh, summer art classes in UP to hopefully understand this uh, undefined thing that I knew I had. And, mm -hmm. and then I took up the talent test and I actually barely made it at the time. Uh, but during the interview with the college secretary, I, I, I told him I wanted to take up industrial design and then pursue automobile design abroad. Uh, but he told me that industrial design at the time was a very uh, new course in UP and that mm -hmm. UP produces good paintings. So uh, painting it is, you know, I took up painting uh, initially, right. yeah. So it took me about two years to realize that I'm not a painter. And then I, I seek the, the advice of Mr. Roberto Chabet, who was a professor in UP College of Fine Arts. And he became one of my art mentors. Um, I, I told him I wanted to shift uh, from painting to sculpture major because I found painting too limiting. And I wanted to expand outside of the canvas and into a more spatial propositions. Uh, he told me later, uh, he told me that later I will realize that sculpture is, is more limiting than painting. And, and he, he was actually right, you know. Uh, to pursue sculpture, I needed new sets of skills. Uh, I need space, I need equipment, a facility, you know, etc. And it, 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 it was a very frustrating process to, to get to where I am now, actually. And, and I'm still frustrated sometimes when I have an idea and I don't right. have enough resources to realize them. You know, sculpture is more space than actual objects or structure. Right. Yeah, so, so it's, it's really a, an orchestrated thing to, to realize a, a, a sculpture. In, in, yeah. yeah, that's wonderful to hear. I was just gonna say, so did you? Is it safe to assume then that you realized that perhaps your passion would be best served by being a sculptor was towards the end of your university life, or was it further down the road that that happened? I I think when I shifted to. Uh, from painting to sculpture, I think everything came out more naturally, uh, and I, I I knew I was a sculptor at the time. So, so yeah. So here here we are now. <laughs> I see. Why do you think you've mentioned um several? You've mentioned already a couple of times about industrial arts. Why do you think industrial arts is not such a popular um, route for most Filipinos? Um, I, I think simply because we lack the, the industries that support it. 
Okay. Yeah, we we don't have the manufacturing facilities here. You know, it's it's a very uh, untapped uh, industry. Industry, yeah. I see. That's very interesting. I was gonna say, I I I was not as familiar with your background or your interests or your passion for industrial art arts back back in um, California. I was in Oakland and. I did a considerable amount of work with uh, the largest industrial arts center in the U.S. It's called the Crucible. I don't know if you're familiar with it. Uh, I'm not so familiar um, with it. Yeah, but it was started. It was started by one of the founders of Google, and it and it's um and it's great because uh, they pretty much supply industrial artists in the rest of the country. So, um, speaking of like having the resources to really um, cultivate and support industrial artists, I think that's something that maybe the Philippines is lacking, just a center to really like encourage most or a lot of people to continue doing industrial arts. Um, well, speaking of that, uh, you did considerable amount of work as a leader championing the visual arts through your work as a committee member for visual arts with the National Commission for Culture and the Arts and as a supporter of the local sculptors community with the Society of Philippine Sculptors. What was, just, what was your experience like working for these organizations? Um, well, I, I realized how little support the government provides for the arts. That's, that's one, mm -hmm. you know. And I had to learn to bridge the gap between the government and the private sector to get things done. Uh, this was in the mid-90s to the early 2000s. And I was very young. I was idealistic. I had full of energy with ideas on how we can make change and improve the conditions of the artists and the art scene. Uh, of course, the conditions then is very different now. Uh, young artists uh, simply don't have as much opportunities as they have today. I, I, I right. can't say that everything is currently okay and I, ideal, but compared to before, it was a sure. long yeah it was a long shot for young artists to make a good career and earn a, a decent living at the, the same time. You know, uh, we, at that time we do arts because we're artists. It was simple as it was as simple as that, and uh, it's really for the love of what you do. Mm -hmm. So yeah. would you consider uh, some of the benefits that most artists are experiencing today uh, was because of some of the works that you and the commission and the society did when you were uh, active with them? I, I think uh, any older generation opens more doors for the younger generation. And I, I think uh, I would like to think that I, I was uh, a part of it at some point, you know, actively a part of it at some point. So, uh, oh, yeah. That's good to hear. Are, are there more? Are there more of you out there? When, when I say that, are there more um, artists that specifically concentrate on sculpting or uh, are there more visual artists now that do a lot more of the same work that you do as compared to before? Um, you know, I think there are very, from the very start, I think there are fewer sculptors than painting uh, painters. And, mm -hmm. uh, you know, it's a very difficult profession to pursue. Uh, it's because of, like I said, you know, you have to have the resources really to to uh, make something. And uh, even back in college, there were 
probably two two students uh with, with with sculpture and one of one of my my classmates actually dropped out of of college too <laughs> so i was left oh, wow. <laughs> yeah and so there there are very few sculptors to begin with uh compared to to painting and i i think uh there's very little patronage to uh when it comes to the, the field no i see i yeah. see well, I was going to say, and correct me, please, if I'm wrong, um, it, it, it might be safe to assume that some of your most known works involve public art sculptures or installations. What is it about creating art within public spaces that interests you the most? Um, the concept of public art is what got me seriously interested in the art in the first place. When I saw the works of Isamu Noguchi, Richard Serra, to name a few, uh, these are foreign are, are artists, no? Uh, they, they do large-scale sculptures. Uh, that triggered something in me. I, I suppose it is uh, what I mentioned earlier about having a feel for math and its applications, but, but hating math at the same time. You know, it's architectural, but not architecture. I sure. like I like building, I like constructing, playing with scale, interacting with space, and creating that feel for space as a mobile participant outside the realm of architecture. Uh, the concept of having something right there and yet mm -hmm. not being sure what it is that piques your interest to respond to it, uh, that's my work. I see. That's very interesting. Well, I was going to say for anybody I know, for anybody who has at least been or walked around BGC, they most certainly have seen your artwork. From the hard to miss defying gravity, where you can see a giant suspended boulder, to those red chimes named Presence, or the funky green tubes titled Hearsay, your work has certainly been an artwork destination in the district. Could you tell our listeners, how did you get this commission? Okay. Uh, it, the story is a bit long, but I'll, I'll try to to compress it. No, uh, sure. I, I I'm in my building my portfolio days, and mm -hmm. I was close to the older established artists at the time. Uh, they would always call on me to join them, and one time I was invited at an event in Glorieta Art Center. It was the, the exhibition opening of uh, Mr. Dante Silverio, whom I was introduced to previously because he wanted to pursue art uh, when he retired. And the elder artists told him, you have to meet Reggie. You know, that's, mm -hmm. how, that's how they, they loved me at the time. <laughs> mm -hmm. uh, so it, it so happened that uh, I also had an opening, an ongoing op uh, exhibition. Sorry, not an opening. Mm -hmm. I, I had an ongoing exhibition at West Gallery, right across the venue of the, the opening of Mr. Silverio. And uh, uh, I usually shy away from big gatherings. So I, I left once I said hi to everyone I knew and went to visit my, my show. Uh, I informed the gallery attendant that I will be inside the gallery office. And if anyone asks for me, I'm not there. Uh, suddenly a certain Jaime Isabel the Ayala came into the gallery and uh, wanted to meet the artist. And I, I think the, the gallery manager probably didn't know what to tell him. 
And so I heard her say, uh, sir, the artist in, is inside the office. So, <laughs> so, so I had to go out and meet the gentleman. And, right. and, and he learned about what I do and saw my, my portfolio. Uh, a few years later, I got invited to present some propositions for uh, a project in BGC. Uh, I think it was an experimental development of some sort, and it had a big open space in the middle. And so they thought they wanted to install artworks. Uh, this was a few years after I did the fountain in Greenbelt, so they, they somehow knew me already. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, I, I know the s sort of the vision for BGC was to cultivate the area as the city or the uh, the state of passionate minds. How was that? How much of that vision played into the artistic vision of your own works or the intent for the works that you had um, that are currently displayed in BGC? Uh, prior to Ayala Land taking over the development of BGC, I was already invited to participate in, in the orientation about the concept of a new uh, global city. This was in 1997. Uh, we were invited to come up with proposals for public art, uh, even waiting sheds, benches, etc. Uh, then we were informed, however, that the projects were delayed and pushed back for five years and then 10 years and so on. Uh, when Ayala Land came in, the direction was a bit different. A master plan was uh, changed, but the concept of having a first world type of development remained. And this included uh, art. Um, as a conceptualist, I can create spatial propositions from scratch, or I can come in to respond to existing plans. Uh, Bonifacio High Street was still evolving at the time I came in the picture. It was uh, all flat land at the time. And so we visited the site. And uh, I had so many ideas and plans to collaborate with some artists and open opportunities also. No? Uh, but then it got too complicated in getting them approved. So I, I, I actually almost gave up on the, the project after more than half a, a half a year of planning and meetings because the kind of artworks that I wanted uh, were perhaps not what they were used to. You know, art, art, the artwork interacted with space and did not come with pedestals. Um, I had to defend my propositions until we came up with an agreement. And I told them that uh, we can omit some of the proposals, but then they should not touch uh, specific gravity, the, the, the big boulder, mm -hmm. because it will be the heart of global city and it will become the landmark. So I, I sort of fought for that. And uh, yeah, so, so here we are now talking about right. it. Yeah. Well, that's great that you fought for that because that's what everybody thinks of or talks about whenever they are at the BGC High Street. Yeah. Um, I was going to say a lot of your public art installations can be found within the spaces that Ayala Land develops. We've been talking about Ayala Land. What is it about the company that makes you seem to have a natural artistic relationship with them? Um, for one, I think the owners and I have mutual respect for each other. 
uh, possibly because they have artists in the family and they are exposed to more progressive sensibilities when it comes to art and perhaps even society. And you can see that in their, in their developments, you know. Right. Um, I'm, I'm also fortunate that the company and their planners uh, give me enough freedom to dream up of something for them. Uh, and I really appreciate that even up to now. Yeah. I see. I, I, I guess that's my follow-up question uh, with the statement that you just said. Um, so they, the company affords you as much creative license, so there's not really like a limitation or a specific box that they always want you to just be in. Mm, it's it's really something. I mean, at this point, uh, we've we've been working for about twenty years already, mm. and uh, we've done uh, several successful projects. Uh, I think they're more open because of it. This we're not as uh, it was not as difficult as as when we started doing, uh, I mean, you know, BGC, it was really sure. a battle for, for months at end, you know, trying to, you know, get things done. Uh, I, I think we're past that at this point. So, so uh, there's, there's some sort of trust with each other. Um, probably because my works are more site-specific in, in nature, mm. I, I adapt to the, the, the areas that they provide. And then uh, I, I study the logistics, et cetera. And then, then, then we come up with a proposition. And then if it's approved, uh, budget and all, then we, we pursue it. That's great. That's great to hear. Why do you think um, the presence of public art or public art installations elevate a certain area to something that you really can quite quantify? Uh, I, I think art can help elevate our sense and sensibilities as a society. Uh, in my case, I wish to bring out the intuitive reaction from people. Uh, this, this curiosity, this curious reaction can perhaps lead to thinking through observations of their surroundings. Uh, any, any venue that provides that kind of environment automatically makes it something special. You know, a, a curious society is a, is a thinking society. And I, I think uh, that's why, to me, public art is very important because mm -hmm. not everybody goes to galleries and museums to look at art, especially in a third world country like the Philippines. So this is where I'm coming from right now. You know, I, I, I want to, to introduce uh, uh, art ideas to as broader uh, an audience as possible. Mm -hmm. Well, I was going to say, you've been in the industry for quite some time right now. Uh, throughout the experience that you have been pursuing and actively doing your art, do you feel that at this point in time, Filipinos are able to fully appreciate not only the creative work that artists like you put out there, but also the intrinsic in intent that companies like Ayala Land do to elevate communities that they are in by putting this artwork. Um, yes, absolutely. Uh, you, you see, Ayala Land helped me realize 
some of the most interesting ideas. You know, I've been doing projects with with other companies and private sector, no. But uh, I I think it's in the 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 trust and the faith that 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 we've done uh, in, in the past few years. Uh, so so many years, no. Uh, prior to my engagements with Ayala Land, I have been pushing for the proposition of public art, and it was only after we did Greenbelt and BHS that people started to realize that public art makes sense. Uh, they are landmarks of progressive sensibility, uh, and but you know I do, however, wish to do more public spaces beyond the context of, of private development. Uh, I'm 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 waiting for that to to happen. You know, I I would would like to to do uh, even in the rural areas. You know, I, I'd sure. like to inject some some uh, ideas. You know, just to get that response, because I I think it's the it it equalizes people. You know, mm -hmm. you know, it, yeah. Oh, I completely agree. Do you think the lack of or the presence of public art? say in a country like the Philippines is really more about resources or funding much just like any art in the country um you know the the thing that moves in that makes the art scene move here in the Philippines is actually the private sector uh compared to in the first world countries it's more mm -hmm. the institutions and the government that pushes the 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 art scene uh the institutions provide opportunities uh here it's really the private sector seeing it as more as an investment and uh for, for i guess it's really about the the resources and the attitude and education of society in general that that can you know change this uh perspective i think for filipinos and the philippines Let's see. Well, going back to your experience when you first went to school and knowing what you know right now, would you say that there is a future for future Philippine artists and sculptors? And it, it this is something that if they have the passion and the talent for it, that they should pursue? Uh, I think behind any success is a genuine passion to do something and something about it, you know, something about the passion. So it, it, if you're interested in sculpture, then I think you should pursue it. Uh, I think there are always people, especially nowadays, who are willing to support. Uh, even I would like to support eventually uh, younger sculptors in, in particular. And that's why I'm doing this sculpture garden in, in my small uh, property in Alfonso because we don't have that kind of venue here. And I wish to, to initiate something like this here. Uh, at least in my own backyard, you know, you can, you can actually support. So, so people come here and, and see the, the various uh, uh, textures of, of, of art sensibilities. And uh, so I, I think they just need to pursue it. If, if the passion is there, just, just pursue it. You know, it, challenges are always just hurdles in front of you and you can, you can go above and beyond that and, and make something uh, 
important, I guess, later on. Yeah, that's great advice. I'm going to go back to your relationship with Ayala Land. Um, I am uh, getting ready to open the new Circuit Performing Arts Theater in Circuit Makati. And as you, as you know, Circuit Makati is being positioned as the arts and entertainment and culture district within the city. Um, I'm not the theater being one of the several projects lined up to support this vision. And one of them was or is your installation that spans the 10,000 square meter outdoor area called Circuit Lane. What was the intent or the vision for that beautiful, massive installation that is in the center of that estate? Uh, I think to date, this is one of the most challenging uh, projects that I did, I've, I've done. <laughs> no? uh, the challenge for me at Circuit Lane was that it was, I was invited to come in quite late. You know, I, wa I wanted to come up with an idea that is more integral than just added on. And sure. I, I wanted it to be, not to be obvious that, you know, this is an after, almost like an afterthought already. Sure, so, I get that. So we wanted to create an oasis in the middle of the, the area where you have uh, refreshing greeneries in, in, on water and uh, art that interacts with all the elements in the area, including the people. Uh, the vision is to surprise people to experience such public space in the middle of a densely populated urban setting. Uh, it was a it was a very tedious process because we couldn't bring in heavy equipments, unlike previous projects that I did. Uh, the sculpture is so organic that we assembled it on site for months. Uh, it is basically the thread that binds the entire stretch. Mm -hmm. And the particular sculpture can be continued to weave through the entire area to connect one point to the next. Uh, it's like the boulders in a Japanese garden, you know, which seem to be connected underground. If you pull right. one boulder out, it the entire garden would seem to to come with it as a as an entirety. So that that's the the idea there, you know. It it I wanted it to be integral. I wanted to I wanted it to weave through all of the spaces in in the area. Uh, yeah, pretty much like a, a, a Japanese uh, garden with the boulders, mm -hmm. with, where you have that primordial feel for the space. You know, it's like all together underground. You know, it's it's uh, it's one whole space and one whole uh, ecosystem underneath it. Right. Well, the way you had explained it, and I'm I'm currently visualizing the artwork, it makes sense. I mean, I, I, I'm getting it. I'm getting the vision and I'm getting the intent. Um, I wish there was um, I wish there was some sort of um, plaque or um, um, a description in there so that people will fully appreciate the intent as you had explained it right now. Maybe that's something that we can suggest to, to them uh, uh, for future. So, yeah, we, we, because we, it's great. Yeah, I, I think that's a great idea. We, we should put uh, a, a, an inscription there about the, right. the work. Uh, it was just that uh, we, we completed the, the project 
just mm-hmm. right before the lockdown, actually. I, yes, I know, because uh, the the person you've been working with, I I am closely working with as well with the theater. So um, um, I was familiar with all that work too. So, but that's great. It's a beautiful one, and I think it um, as you had um, described it, it perfectly encapsulates and ties everything in, uh, especially with the vision of Circuit Makati being the arts and entertainment and culture district within Makati. So that's great. Congratulations on that. That's beautiful. Thank you very much. Um, uh, Moving forward, I wanted to quickly touch on the current pandemic we're experiencing. How much of these crises that you know of had an effect on the community of visual artists in the Philippines? I think like everyone else, the world was put to a halt. Uh, the vibrant art community slowed down as uh, people became more conservative with their movement and finances. Uh, the visual arts community in particular showed its resiliency by organizing online auctions to help peers uh, sell artworks and at the same time donate percentage of the sales to charity for COVID funds to assist frontliners, among other things. You know, all my projects are currently on hold uh, indefinitely. So technically, I'm also out of work. But I'm, I'm still busy as ever because I'm, I'm, I did not lay off my crew. So I need to sustain them and keep, keep them working. So I'm coming up with things here and there. So I'm, I'm, I think I'm, I'm working harder now than, than, uh, than ever. Uh, I so I, I think we just need to adapt to the, the current situation because, uh, I mean, like everyone else, we, we, we can't do anything much about it. Right. Um, I was going to say, was there anything that... Um, um, you know, when when everything transferred or transitioned into online content, how does this affect the appreciation of your work when much like live performing arts, public arts installations are better consumed as the term itself publicly or in person as opposed to something that is virtual or static as if you're just looking at a photograph? Yeah, uh, that, you know, that's that it's really sad. But as far as public art and public spaces and performances are concerned, you know, people are so looking forward to going out again. So let's just think about that. <laughs> you know, everyone wants to go out. The moment you say, okay, you're, you're free to, to roam, you know, we're out there for sure. So this is just a breather, you know. We, that's all I want to to think about right now. This is uh, it's a, it's a temporary thing. So right, um, yeah. As we say in the performing arts, it's an extended intermission. <laughs> yeah, but but you know, it's it's uh, it's interesting that during the the full lockdown, how the art community provided, uh, you know, entertainment entertainment to to the people you know musicians and performers performed for free online you know mm-hmm. directors streamed uh, uh videos and movies online for free also so you know there's no stopping 
the spirit of the, the artist. Right. You know, right. and and I think we're all adaptable to to uh, any kind of situation because we're artists after all. Uh, That's wonderful. Yes. Yeah. So, so I, I think uh, on a positive note, we, we should just look forward, and you know, we just need to be productive in our own ways. I think. Yeah, on the same uh, train of thought that you just mentioned, what do you say to fellow artists who might be feeling lost during this crisis? For for now, our focus is to rethink about the way we live. Uh, how we value life and how society is so interconnected. Uh, you are not alone with uh, what's, what you're going through and all this will pass. Uh, yeah, so like I said, you know, we're artists. We are, we're adaptable. Uh, some are more adapted than others, but I, we're not alone. That's, that's, that's all I can say. Uh, this will all pass so it's only just a matter of time great well reggie this has been so wonderful i i wish we had more time but before i let you go uh, i just have one question i usually ask this to everybody what are you looking forward to the most once a sense of normalcy is back <laughs> uh i i look forward to traveling and eating out with my family and friends again <laughs> you know maybe i i I do wish to visit Circuit Lane and see how the place transformed with the plants. Uh, I, I, I am sure the, the plants and the trees are more established by now than compared uh -huh. to when I left them. So I, I'd like to visit my, my projects. <laughs> I see. Yeah. yeah. I, I think you're going to be very happy when you see it. Um, the last time I saw it was a couple months ago, but it, it, it was turning out really wonderful. Um, but I think... That is really all the time we have for today. Thank you so much for joining me and letting us have a short glimpse of your everyday artistic life. It's been great and I've enjoyed it very much. Thank you very much again. Um, for our listeners who are interested in asking some follow-up questions, please leave them in the comment section. I will try to send this to Reggie and get back to you. Thank you, Reggie. Good luck with all of your other endeavors. I look forward to having you at the Circuit Performing Arts Theater, and perhaps the two of us can visit Circuit Lane, and I'm going to be telling everybody I am with the master himself. Thank you very much. Thank you very much for having me in your program. Uh, I look forward to uh, seeing you guys soon. All right. Thank you. Okay. I'll talk to you later. Okay. Thank you. Thank you very much. If you enjoyed today's episode, please don't forget to subscribe on your favorite channels. State of the Arts is a weekly podcast and it's available on Spotify, iTunes, and Google Play. We're also on Facebook and Twitter with the handle at State of the Arts PH. Share with your friends, family, and fellow arts aficionados and help us get the word out. For the latest news, including construction timeline and updates on Circuit Performing Arts Theater, follow our sponsor affiliate Facebook and Instagram pages, Circuit Makati and Make It Makati. Thank you for joining me today. Till next time.